Bibles, if you would, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, and then uh, page 83 in our book. Acts chapter 8, and then page 83. That's where we're going to be. All right, page 83, we're going to, last week we ended uh, with baptism is for every Christian. We've we've spent a lot of time talking about baptism and um, the importance of baptism. Now, what, what, according to scripture, what needs to precede baptism? Salvation. Okay, it does nobody any good to get baptized before they get saved. What, 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 what ends up when a person gets, gets saved after they get baptized? They're just a wet person. <laughs> okay, yeah, then you get to get baptized again. So it is something that, that, that is, it is a step of obedience after you get saved. Okay, so uh, Acts chapter 8, let's start reading uh, in uh, verse 36. It says, And when they uh, went on their way, they came up, uh, they came upon certain water, uh, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, uh, If thou, uh, uh, let's see, what's it? Uh, and Philip said, If thou uh, believest with all thine heart that uh, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariots to stand still. And they went down, both of them, into the water, and uh, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them there. And then verse 39, which we also uh, talked about last week, And when they were come up out of the water... The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, uh, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. <clears throat> uh, now, there, uh, we're back in the book here on page 83. Uh, there are three important reasons to be baptized. Number one, God commanded it. Uh, Go ye therefore teaching and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Um, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. The second reason, Christ uh, was our example. Uh, Then came Jesus uh, from Galilee to Jordan unto John uh, to be baptized of him in Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Now, what was was John's reaction when Jesus came and said, you need to baptize me? <laughs> yeah, John's like, no, 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 no. I'm unworthy. You should be baptizing me. And um, and uh, I, I love I love John's response. Okay, and then the third reason is believers in the Bible uh, practiced it. <clears throat> Acts chapter two verse forty one. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized the same day, and <clears throat> then uh, the same day there were added unto them. Uh, about 3,000 souls. So that was one big baptismal service. Express service, you know, just, you know. I probably shouldn't tell the story, but I'm going to anyway. There's a, um, one of our missionaries, J.B. Godfrey, J.B. and Linda Godfrey, they were missionaries in Africa. And they went, what was the country that they were in, the first one? Senegal. Senegal. They were in Senegal, uh, Africa. And they, they had gone there. They had gone to, to school. They learned the language. And they started this church. And people were getting saved. And they, they decided they were going to hold their first baptismal service. 
So they, they, they went, they took the whole church down uh, to the river and they were going to have this baptismal service. So, so uh, JB goes down into the river and he calls the first lady down uh, to, to baptize her. And she gets right to the edge of the water, grabs hold of her clothes and pulls off her dress. Goes in totally naked. And he's standing there like, uh, uh. <laughs> but then, you know, you got you to understand the culture. You know, why would I get my dress wet? <laughs> so, yeah, ex- exactly, especially their Sunday dress. But anyway, so, yeah, he learned the hard way. So they made some adjustments in the future, but I just, every time I talk about baptism, I have that picture in my head. <clears throat> uh, next paragraph, uh, if you have trusted Christ as your Savior and, and have not been baptized since, you should choose to be baptized as soon as you can. So baptism should be uh, uh, by immersion. Okay, that's your next blank, the word immersion. Uh, Is it immersion or immersion? I always pronounce pronounce it wrong. That's why I always spell it wrong. Um, uh, The the word baptize or the Greek word baptizo uh, literally means to plunge or to dunk or to immerse. Uh, the Bible teaches that you should uh, be baptized uh, in water by immersion rather than by sprinkling because baptism is a picture of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Only immersion correctly pictures this. Um, Okay, turn over to Mark. Mark chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came uh, from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And straightway cometh out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. Uh, Acts, turn over to Acts chapter 8 again. Isn't that the section? Isn't that the, yeah, we just read that. Okay, so we don't need to read that again. Um, other passages in Scripture speak of baptism. Uh, <clears throat> use the word uh, buried, uh, shown that baptism uh, is, uh, in biblical days, was understood to be uh, by immersion. Romans chapter 4, uh, excuse me, chapter 6 and verse 4, Therefore we are buried with him uh, by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead uh, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are raised with him uh, through the faith uh, of the uh, operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. So before we go on, I want to talk about this. So when a person is, and we talked about this, I think last week or week before, when a person is lowered into the water, what is that a picture of? There's, there's two pictures going on here, simultaneous. What, what are the two? Okay, the death and burial of Christ. And what is the simultaneous picture of that? Okay, the, the Christian dying to their old self. Okay, so it's a dual picture here. The picture of Christ's death and burial, and then the fact that we are to die and bury the old man. When he comes out of when a when a believer comes out of the water, what is it's a again it's a dual picture. What is it a picture of? Okay, the resurrection of Jesus and the new believer. Paul says, Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. So it is, a, it is a dual picture. It is a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And it is the death to our old man raising to walk in newness of life. So it's a dual picture going on. Any questions before we go on? <clears throat> okay, thanks. <clears throat> I, I have a hard time hitting curveballs. <laughs>
Okay. <clears throat> Baptism should take place, the word is soon, after salvation. So, <clears throat> uh, the Bible, uh, excuse me, in the Bible, baptism uh, always took place right after salvation. It was an immediate and uh, glad response of someone who found salvation and wanted to publicly identify with Jesus. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16 in verse 30. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they, and they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and uh, washed their stripes uh, and was baptized, he and all his, uh, he and all his straightway. Uh, Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. And they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So, again, baptism is something that should take place as soon as possible. And I will admit that we do not baptize as near as often as we should. And that's, that's really my fault. So uh, please forgive me for that. <clears throat> well, yeah. Um, next, next blank here. Even if we were baptized before uh, your salvation, you need to be baptized in accordance uh, with Scripture after your salvation. <clears throat> Uh, next blank. The Christian uh, who refuses to be baptized uh, could be compared to a wife refuses, who refuses to accept her wedding ring. How can a Christian's relationship with Christ start off right uh, if they refuse to follow him or are ashamed of him uh, before others? So there, the, the, the author of the book brings up a good point. If we are if we refuse to get baptized, then it says something about our walk with him. And um, so, uh, and then your next blank, <clears throat> when a Christian is not willing to be baptized, uh, they are missing the blessing of uh, committing themselves to Christ through obedience and losing the testimony uh, they might have uh, through public identification with him. Now, I will say this. <clears throat> This is an important statement here. In our country, not so much. Um, but I've been in countries, uh, Japan being one of them, where if, <clears throat> if, a, if a person gets saved, their family has a hard time with it. But it's when they get baptized that it seals the deal. And if a, if a person in Japan gets saved and baptized, many times their families will have funeral services for them. I mean, literal, literal funeral services. And if they see them in the streets, they absolutely act like as though they, they, have, they don't know them. See, this has... This has incredible implications in our country at least till now getting baptized is I don't know what the word um, not necessarily common but it, it's not it, it, yeah it's accepted okay you get saved you get baptized okay uh, but I'm telling you there's going to be a time where you're going to pay the price. Believers are going to pay the price. And, and I'm telling you, that time is short. So, <clears throat> um, James chapter 4, verse 7, Therefore, 
to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him is a sin. So baptism is an exciting step of obedience to our Savior. Um, if you have not been baptized since your salvation, make plans to do so soon. And uh, we are going to be baptizing hopefully soon. So, um, you know, I'll let you know when we're going to be doing that. Okay, now let's let's apply this very quickly, and then we're going to move on to the next subject. Um, salvation is the greatest gift any person has ever been given, but Satan will do uh, everything he can to cause you to question if you are <clears throat> really a child of God, um, to avoid or counter those doubts. There are three simple steps that you can take. Number one, uh, set in your heart <clears throat> that salvation is forever. Record the date that you were saved. Uh, one of the things that I do, um, and my wife does this too, whenever whenever we have the privilege of leaving somebody to the Lord, we, we tell them, write it down. Write it down in, in, in a book. Uh, and we what we try and do is give them a Bible so that they can write it in the Bible. Um, <clears throat> I happen to know the day that I was saved <clears throat> only because the night the night that I was saved, I was so excited. Um, I have an aunt and uncle that live in, well, at the time they lived in Phoenix. Um, so I wrote them a letter. I, I was in the Navy in S South Carolina. That night I was so excited, and they were the only family that I had that was quote-unquote religious. So I wrote a letter telling them that I got saved and was all excited about it. And my aunt and uncle saved the letter. And several years later, they gave me, I have the letter. I still have the letter. And <clears throat> I didn't date the letter, but the postmark on the letter proves or tells me the day because I, I mailed it the next day. So I was saved June 23rd, 1980. And that's the only reason I, I know that is because of that letter that he, he, that, that my aunt and uncle saved. <clears throat> it is. <laughs> yes. We both have the same birthday. How about that? Um, but so, so write it down. So if you, you know, um, I, I don't know if you wrote down last Sunday's date for Sophie, but you need to. Oh, okay, okay, good. Uh, write it down um, because <clears throat> uh, specifically children will, will have a hard time remembering that date. Um, they, may, they may remember the event, but they're definitely going to forget what day it was. So anyway, write it down, make it important. Uh, the second thing is to share your testimony and doubts um, if you have any with a mature Christian, uh, uh, you, you know, especially as a young Christian, it, it's common to have doubts. Uh, it's common to question things. I remember when I got saved, if it was not for um, who turned out to be my best friend, um, uh, he's a pastor now in North Carolina, his name's Dennis Clements. Uh, if it was not for Dennis answering all my questions, um, you think Brandon was bad. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's payback. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, Brandon, Brandon always has a question for him this morning. He had four questions for me this morning. Um, but, or was it three? I don't remember anyway. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I was constantly, constantly bugging him, bugging him, bugging him and praise God. He was patient with me and, and helped me through that. And, and I, I praise God for my friend, Dennis. Um, and then number three, uh, uh, publicly declare your salvation by being baptized. Uh, and let me say this, publicly declare your salvation verbally. Talk about it. Uh, tell others about Jesus Christ. Uh, don't stop at just getting baptized. Tell others about Jesus Christ. <clears throat> One of the things that I would highly recommend that you do is sit down and write out your testimony. Just sit down and write it out. <clears throat> it wasn't until I did that that I, you know, prior to that, when I tried to tell somebody about when I got saved, 
I would stimmer and stammer and, you know, him and haw. And, but it was after I sat down and wrote it out, I was able to share it freely without having to think about it. So let me encourage you to do that. Sit down, write out your testimony, write out of what God did in your life, and it'll, it'll make telling others a whole lot easier. So before we move on to the next section, are there any questions about baptism or uh, salvation or anything like that? Yes. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Salvation is a it is a it is a <clears throat> everybody who gets saved responds differently. For me, I mean I was an alcoholic, I was nineteen years old, I was an alcoholic, my life was going down the drain fast. And when I got saved my life changed drastically my wife she grew up in a good Christian home her mom uh, and her talked about spiritual things her whole life when she got saved it was just a blip in the road you know and I'm not making light of that I just all I'm saying is there wasn't a massive lifestyle change because she she was already there you know she she knew it and so so <clears throat> too often we we make statements like, well, if there's not a big change in their life, then they really didn't get saved. Well, that wouldn't be true for her. And it won't be that way for Sophie, you know. Um, so we need to be careful with that. You know, we need to really be careful. Yeah. That's why it's so important that we walk with the Lord, because as we walk with the Lord, the magnitude of what he did for us impacts us even more. Amen. Anybody else before we move on? Yeah. 
Amen. Amen. Yeah, that would do it. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're glad you got it. Amen. Amen. It is huge, but it's a huge, it's a huge responsibility too. Uh, and uh, something that every parent should take serious. Anybody else? <clears throat> I just I just broke COVID rule number one. Never rub your eyes. <laughs> okay, turn to page ninety-seven in your book. Page ninety-seven. Now, we're going to be moving on to a, a completely new subject, and uh, this subject is I think, and I've said it before, I'm, I'll say it again, I'll say it again, I'll say it again, I'll say it again. Out of all the tools that God gives us in our toolbox to serve Him, this is the most unused tool in the toolbox. We all could do a better job praying, can we not? <clears throat> so let's get started. The introduction here. <clears throat> there, there are not enough words to describe the wonder and privilege of prayer. Now underline that sentence because that's an important sentence. There's not enough words to underline the wonder and privilege of prayer. Now, why, why, why do you think I want you to underline that sentence? Because there's one word, well, there's really two words, but there's one word in particular. Privilege. The privilege. We are entering his throne, his very presence in Christ. Right. It is, it is an incredible privilege that an almighty God allows a sinner like you to even talk to him, let alone in the magnitude that we have and the power that we have in prayer. Prayer is how we bring our needs to God. It is how we uh, unburden our hearts before him. And it is one of the ways that we strengthen our relationship with him. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't want to put him on the spot, but I know at least at one time, Bob was getting up early in the morning, spending lots of time with the Lord before he went to work. I hope you're still doing that. I mean, you, you can't, that that's so so important, so important. Uh, prayer is uh, <clears throat> next paragraph. Um, prayer uh, is one of the earliest spiritual exercises you learn, and it is uh, one that you will grow in uh, throughout your entire Christian life. I remember when I was in the Navy, I I had just gotten saved. And <laughs> this shows you how carnal I was when I got saved. Um, I, I, I went through the chow line, and I got, I got my, uh, my meal. I don't remember. I think it was breakfast, but I honestly don't know what meal it was. I got my meal, uh, and I sat down. I put my tray down. I sat down, and I didn't know how to pray, but I knew you were supposed to pray for your food, right? Everybody knows that. So I just bowed my head. I don't remember what I said or whatever, but I bowed my head. And I talked to the Lord for a little bit. And when I looked up, there was somebody sitting across from me that wasn't there when I sat down. I was like, kind of startled me, you know. And, and it was this guy, and he, and he sat there and he says, man, I just saw something really beautiful. And you know what I did? 
I started looking around for a girl. <laughs> I did. I, I thought, wow, there's a girl. Where, you know, there's no girls on this ship, you know. And, I mean, it was back before, you know. And I'm like looking around, and he's, and I said, I don't see any, any girls. He's like, no, man. He says, I just saw a brother praying. Oh, wow. That 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 just that just man, I was like, whoa. Well, it shows you how carnal I was. <laughs> In this lesson, uh, we'll look at some of the basic truths regarding how to pray, uh, what to pray for, and how to keep your prayer life strong. So before we get any further in this, I have a 10-minute video I want to show you. And as you're watching this video, uh, don't worry, we'll explain it all at the end of the video. So... Why I just showed you that video. Okay, what's your question? We'll get there. <laughs> yes. Everything about the tabernacle, the temple, the picture of how we should enter into God. Absolutely. It the 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 entire um, journey of the temple was a journey of prayer. I want to read you. Well, turn turn to Mark chapter fifteen. Mark chapter 15 and verse 37. And they did all eat and were filled. Oh, wait a second. I'm in Matthew. Excuse me. I knew that wasn't right. Uh, 15, Mark chapter 15, verse 37. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. So yes, that is the same veil. So what is the significance of the renting of the veil or the tearing of the veil? Anybody? That's right. Okay. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. Anybody else? There's another significance here. Okay. It is a symbol of relationship. Absolutely. But there's something really, really, really important here that you can miss. That that's yes. We do not need the as the narrator on the the video said, uh, Israel needed a a a uh, go between a a priest to be able to get to God. Okay, we don't need to do that. But there's still something very significant here. Yes. Yes, it was rent from the top to the bottom. Look at this verse again, <clears throat> verse 38. And the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. Why is that significant? A man could have torn it from the bottom. Exactly. If, if men had torn the, 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 the veil, they would have started at the bottom and worked their way up. But Jesus is the one who rent the veil from top to bottom. So, turn in your Bibles to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. Yes. I'm sorry. 
Yes. Yes. No, no, all the dimensions of the temple, everything. Yeah. Yes, everything. Every, every. Yeah. Moses was given very, very, very specific instructions of of. And. Yeah. (laughs) And also, if you understand how thick that that veil was. I, I don't remember the, the 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 dimensions, but it was it would have been almost impossible for for men to be able to tear it. The fact that it was rent in itself is a miracle, but the fact that it was rent from top to bottom. Okay, Hebrews chapter ten, uh, verse nineteen. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest uh, by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us though the veil excuse me through the veil uh, that is to say his flesh what is that what is what is verse 20 saying especially the the last part there symbolically Jesus was the veil The priest had to go through the veil to get to the Holy of Holies. They had to go through Jesus Christ. Exactly. There's only one way to the Father. That's through me. Not through our works. He was the veil that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place. The veil in the temple was a constant reminder that sin rendered humanity unfit for the presence of God. Think about that. One time a year, the high priest was the only one allowed into the Holy of Holies. And, and the ceremony that he had to go through was incredible because of all the cleansing and the, all the process that he had to go through. The fact that the sin offering was offered annually and countless other sacrifices, re, sacrifices repeated daily on the on the um, altar that was on in the uh, outer court showed graphically that sin could not truly be atoned or erased by pure by by simply using animals it could only be done by Jesus Christ through Jesus says death uh, the barrier was removed between God and man Look over at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16. Get this verse. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. What's he talking about there? The Holy of Holies. Paul is talking about the Holy of Holies. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace and help uh, to help in time of need. The reason I showed you that video was because you need to envision yourself in the Holy of Holies every time you bow your head to pray. And if you do that, hopefully, 
it'll change your prayer life. With what? Um, yeah, yeah, we can just put it in the comments of this video, and then and then you can click on it and watch it. <clears throat> absolutely, absolutely. We beca- we have become so flippant in our prayer lives. Uh, just throwing up, you know, we, we are to pray all the time. Are we not? Pray without ceasing. And, and, and we can become flippant in our prayers. And, and if, you, if you can envision yourself. Okay, let, let me stop here and back up a little bit. Remember uh, a week or two ago, we talked about um, uh, positional, being positional in the Lord. Do, do, you, do y'all remember us talking about that? Okay, what 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 is what is what do you, what does it mean to be positional in Jesus Christ? Okay, well, no, yes, but okay, okay. What I mean by positional is, how many of you are saved? Raise your hand. No, you're not. You're still here. Okay, you're not saved until you die, right? Okay. What what about the word redeemed? Are you redeemed? Positionally, you are redeemed. You are not currently redeemed. You follow me? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Yes, when you get to heaven, the transaction will be complete and you will be redeemed. Now, positionally, I am redeemed because if I die tonight, if I die next week, if I die 100 years from now, hopefully not that long, it doesn't matter when I die, I will be redeemed. So am I redeemed? Yes, I'm redeemed. Why? Because... The blood of Christ is what redeems. So I will be redeemed. So I am redeemed. Does that make sense? Okay. So positionally, I am saved. Positionally, I am redeemed. So when we go to God in prayer, positionally, we are literally going to the Holy of Holies. I, I, I did some research, and it is estimated to, to duplicate Solomon's temple. It would cost, in today's dollars, in excess of $225 billion. Somebody do the math real quick. What's 20 times 18? 20, 360, 360 divided by 12, 30, 360 divided by 12 is 30. Okay, think about this. This room is 40 feet across, roughly 40 feet. So this is about 40 feet square. The Holy of Holies was smaller than this. 20 cubits by 20 cubits by 20 cubits, which that's why I did 20 times 18, because a cubit is 18 inches, roughly. So the math, I should have done it before, but that's why I asked everybody else to do it. So roughly, the Holy of Holies was was a... a room 30 feet wide, 30 feet deep, and 30 feet tall. Did you pick up on the fact that the temple, the dimensions of the temple, were twice what the tabernacle was? Yeah, it said it in the, in the video. 
Solomon's temple doubled the measurements of the tabernacle. That means the tabernacle that they used for 400 years, the Holy of Holies was only 15 by 15 by 15. Laid with solid gold. That is where you get to go to pray. Isn't that awesome? Yes, ma'am. Exactly. Exactly. Right. 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 See, if we can envision ourselves going to the Holy of Holies to meet with the eternal God of heaven. Think about this. Can anybody tell me what would happen to the high priest if he entered the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement with sin in his life? He died. Legend, legend has it. There's no, there's no proof of it. But no, there is not. There's no proof of it. But legend says that they would tie a rope to his ankle, so that if he went in and died, they could, because nobody else could go in and get him. No, no, that, no, that was that. That's part of their uniform, so to speak, was the bell. So if they heard a big jingle, 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 thud. <laughs> it start falling. Now, let me ask you that. Why is that so important? Because God takes prayer seriously. Yes. Now, okay. Right. Okay, the, 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 the point of that is this. If we have sin in our life, and we're going to cover that in this book, okay? But the, the, the reality is, if we have sin in our lives, are our lives a sweet-smelling savor to God? Absolutely not. So the idea is that if we are going to go to God in prayer, we need to take care of our sin first and make sure that our hearts are right before we go to prayer. So that is that is the the, sim, the symbolism of the 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 altar, the 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 incense, the the yes. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah, and we're and yeah, we're gonna yeah. So I don't go to him and say, "Oh, thou Jesus," you know. Yeah, we we should not go in with a fearful heart. Or even a artificial language. I can talk to him like I talk to you, or even more intimate than I talk to you. Yes. Because there are sometimes when wives are hesitant to talk to their husbands about something, but I never have to be hesitant. To talk to my Abba Father. Amen. Amen. Okay, we got about two minutes. Anybody else? Yes. (laughs) 
because I, 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 have no, I have no answer for that, uh, other than the fact that people, not just Jewish people, but people in general, love religion, not relationship. With religion, it releases the individual for personal accountability. With relationship, it gives us personal responsibility. Well, their Messiah they were expecting. Well, back then, but it should not have been in a lowly stable. Right. It should not have been from that. Right. So that's part of it. Okay. Anybody else? Hopefully, the reason the reason I showed you the video was to help you kind of wrap your head around when we pray positionally. We are going into the Holy of Holies. And, and I, I personally picture, try, try my best to picture all the gold and the, and the reverence and the, and the, the because <clears throat> not that I'm fearful of God, but I always want to be respectful of it. And I never want to take for granted the privilege that I have coming to him in prayer. Anybody else? Very quickly. Yes. Well, the the clean the cleansing the priests would have to cleanse and do all that before they even got into the holy place, and then they would have to. The, the 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 breaking of the showbread showed uh, fellowship with God. It was a symbol of fellowship with God. It was a symbol that, hey, you know what? Everything's okay between you and me before they could progress further into the temple. So it, it's it's all of it was it it was it was all preparation, the cleansing, all of the the offerings and all of the stuff. It, it all led to one thing, and that is getting access to God. And we have that. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day.